Hey folks, Pat Nemers here from Sayreville Church. Just want to take a couple moments of your time on this day, which as this is being recorded, it's December 1st, so we're into uh, the month of Christmas. We're just a few weeks away from the celebrating our Lord Jesus' birth. And this is such a special time, of such a beautiful time, uh, such an anticipated time. And uh, we're starting a, a new series in a couple weeks titled Great Expectations. And uh, we're going to be looking at a couple of passages in scripture where there were a few people at least that were greatly expecting the Lord Jesus to come. One of them was Simeon. I want to read to you this passage of scripture in Luke's gospel. Uh, and I've got my, my very first whole Bible with me. It's very special to me. It has all my original notes I put in it. And some of them, uh, I look at them and I look at my notes and I think, I wrote that? Anyway, <laughs> it's been a few years, but here's what, uh, here's what my Bible says. Uh, this first Bible, that is, says in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 25, where it says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So there's the promise. This man in his old age was given that he would not die before he saw the Messiah. And he came to, by the Spirit into the temple when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law. And then he took him up, that is, he took Jesus up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you can let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at the things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them. And said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign that shall be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. What a great story. I wish I would have been a witness in the temple at that. I want to encourage you as we go into this Christmas season to be thinking about the Christmas story, meditating upon the Christmas story, indeed reading the Christmas story, and, um, and not just the story, but the songs of the season. Some of the greatest songs you'll find in the hymnal are Christmas songs, deep, rich in theology, and Certainly, my favorite is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It has such power, but it also has much truth. Here's what it says. Hark the, the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King, Peace on Earth and Mercy Mild, God and Sinners Reconciled. That's what the gospel does. That's what the coming of Jesus does. He came to be a perfect human being, lived a perfect life, never ever sinned, born of a virgin, lived the perfect life, 
died a sacrificial death on the cross, and then rose again. That's the gospel. Christ died for our sins. He was buried, and then he rose again on the third day, according to the scripture. That's the gospel. And in so doing, he reconciled God and man. God and sinners reconciled. Are you reconciled to God? I would like you to contemplate that question as we enter into this Christmas season. Am I reconciled to God through his son, Jesus? And if you're reconciled to God, then may I encourage you as we enter into this Christmas season, not just to review and meditate and think deeply upon the the Christmas story with great expectation like Simeon toward that day, but I would like to encourage you to be reconciled to men, to women, to sons and to daughters. Is there someone out there you need to be reconciled to? You know, I often see waves of kids go off to camp throughout the summertime, and I, I have shared this many times with young kids, like, like junior hires and uh, those in elementary school even. Uh, as they, you know, though sometimes there'll be kids, there'll be 20, 30 kids getting ready to jump on a bus and half of them don't even know each other. Uh, but really this, what I share with them is more fitting for adults. And so I want to challenge you as I conclude this afternoon with these, this thought. This didn't originally come from me. It came from one of my professors many years ago. Uh, he told the story of the president of the Bible college as he was beginning the new year in the college. He had all of the staff, all the professors, all the teachers there. And somehow the president sensed that there, uh, some, of, some of them were not exactly in sync with one another. So he said, I want to challenge you as we begin this year to pray for, pray for three different kinds of people. And as I share this story with you, as I heard it, I want to challenge you to do the same thing. The president told those professors, he said, I want you to look around this room at everyone in there. may have been 15, 20 people in the room. He said, I want you to pray for somebody who's dear to you. And the professor who told me about it said right away, he instantly thought of, of, uh, of another fellow teacher not far from him. They were close friends. That was an easy prayer. Just, I, I can pray for him. And he thought about that. And then the president said, now I want you to pray for someone who is distant from you. And then he's, I remember him telling us, the professor told me and a few others, that gave him pause because he looked across the room and he saw a man, another teacher that he knew, but he didn't really know. He knew of, he didn't know. And he thought, I, I'd kind of like to get to know him and I am distant from him, not for any particular reason, and, but I'll pray for him too. I'll pray that God will allow us throughout this semester and year to get to know one another. So he had somebody to pray for that was dear to him and he had somebody to pray for that was uh, distant uh, from him. And then the president paused and said, now I want you to pray for someone who is difficult to you. And just like that, and his eyes almost looked embarrassingly toward another professor that they had had, not altercations, but just 
whatever it was, they just didn't get along. They didn't like to even, they didn't talk to one another. They never ate together. They rarely talked, only if they had to. He was difficult to this particular professor and God convicted his heart for that. And he began to pray for that man and God would change both of them before the year was out. Now, as we go into the Christmas season, you look at the Christ who is, who was to come. He has come. He is coming again, by the way. And with great expectation, we look forward to Jesus' return. But as you look with great expectation upon Christmas, these next 25 days or so, I'd like you to think about somebody who is dear to you. Who just came to your mind? Mark it down. There. Send them a letter. Send them a card. Make a phone call. That's easy. They're dear to you. Think of somebody who is distant from you. You know them. It's not right that you're distant from this person for whatever reason, but whoever God brought to your mind as you listen to this podcast, would you just make a note right now? This person is distant. I'm going to close. I'm closing the gap today. I'm going to make that call. I'm going to, I'm going to send them a text. I'm going to go to their home. Whatever you got to do, do it. And then the hardest one, of course, is I want you to think over these next 25 days of somebody who is difficult to you. There may have been something that you've said to them that hurt them. And one thing or another, and for one reason, there's variance between the two of you. Maybe it's something that they said to you. They offended you. They've never asked for forgiveness. And for whatever reason, you're just not close anymore. In fact, it's worse than that. They're difficult to you. And every time they come to your mind, it's angst, it's friction, it's consternation of some kind in your, and you, and it's in your heart and you know it's wrong. You probably need to go to God and ask for forgiveness and you might have to go to them as well. That's more than a gap. That's more than distance. That's, there's, there's a blockage there. And Jesus came to reconcile man and God, even as the hymn writer put it, God and sinners reconciled. Would you make, would you make a commitment this Christmas season to be reconciled to your brother or sister? Think about it. Who are the dear, the distant, and the difficult in your life? God bless you with great expectations this Christmas season.